Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Welcome to the 2023 Head Student Exit Ceremony for John Eric Steinbommer and Ellen Hippert. During the ceremony, questions will be asked, first by Dharma teachers, followed by head students, then council members, and then others in the assembly. Please stand.
Art of Great Perfect Wisdom Sutra.
Joe shoes, wash your bowls. The case. A monk asked Joshu in all earnestness, I have just entered this monastery. Thank you, Master. Please give me instructions. Joshu asked, Have you eaten your rice gruel yet? The monk answered, Yes, I have. Joshu said, Then wash your bowls. The monk attained some realization. And the verse, Just because it is so clear, takes us longer to realize it. <laughs> if you quickly acknowledge that the candlelight is fire, you will find that the rice has long been cooked. The ultimate path is without difficulty. Shu, teaching the assembly, said, The ultimate path is without difficulty. Just avoid picking and choosing. As soon as there are words spoken, this is picking and choosing. This is clarity. 
This old monk does not abide within clarity. Do you still preserve anything or not? At that time, a certain monk asked, since you do not abide within clarity, what do you preserve? Xiao Xu replied, I don't know either. The monk said, since you don't know, teacher, why do you nevertheless say that you do not abide within clarity? Xiao Xu said, it is enough to ask about the matter, bow and withdraw.
This is the Dharma staff, five feet long. Once a black snake on a vulture peak. Kim, you're driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll start over again. <laughs> this is a this is the Dharma staff, five feet long. Once a black snake on a vulture peak, it became the Udambara flower. At Shaman Temple, it burst forth into five Zen petals. Sometimes it is a it is a dragon swallowing heaven and earth. Sometimes a Vajra soul. Sometimes the Vajra sword, giving and taking life. This staff, this Dharma staff, is now in my hands. Though just a mosquito, just a mosquito biting an iron bull, I cannot give it away. Dragons and elephants. Let us call forth the Dharma. Give me your questions. This is the Dharma staff, five feet long. Once a black snake on Vulture Peak, it became the Udambara flower. At Shaolin Temple, it burst. <laughs> it burst forth the five petals of Zen. Sometimes a dragon swallowing heaven and earth. Sometimes a Vajra sword bringing and taking life. This staff is now in my hands. Though just a mosquito biting an iron bull, I cannot give it away. Dragons and elephants, let us call forth the Dharma. Give me your questions. Now here are the head students. So in asking the question, um, come and stand in front of the person that you're asking. here about practice and yet at some we realize at the same time there's so much strife so much trouble in the world how do you deal with that all right <laughs> oh my goodness what a question well how do I deal with that? I would say that um, that practice helps me deal with that, helps me cope with that, helps me with uh, uh, maintaining a perspective, um, gives me a community, uh, which also helps to maintain some perspective. 
Well, I guess that's what I have to say on how, how do I deal with that. <laughs> I think Joel is online. He would be next. Thank you. Thank you for this beautiful ceremony. Thank you for your dedication. Um, if I could come, I would stand in front of John Eric. Um, and this, thank you, John Eric. You are taking many steps to um, strengthen your practice and to dedicate uh, your abilities to uh, helping our sangha. And you already do a lot to help our sangha. And I, I'm so impressed with the way that you bring yourself forward in every meeting that I have with you and that I see. My question is, it's, it's almost impossible for me to formulate right now, I'm sorry. Um, my question is the same as Laurie's to Ellen. In this world uh, where there is so much turmoil, how can you best advise us as members of the Sangha to move forward in our lives? Um, we've been reading the Bodhisattva's vow each morning, and one of the lines, as you know, is all is the unending manifestation of the awakened one. And sometimes I struggle with that when I think of strife and suffering and cruelty, and I just have to lean into the teachings and each other and the practice to try to allow more space to believe that 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 can be true sometimes. And sometimes I think the unending manifestation can feel terrible. Okay, former head students have an opportunity to ask questions at this point. wonderful day. It is. Yes, thank you. Um, you and I have spoken quite a bit about the formless field of benefaction and whether benefaction is not an expression of duality. What is your thinking about that today? Anne. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask <laughs> I always don't know that I even yet have we gone over this, uh, and I've really enjoyed this really over years. You've been discussing this, and I don't know that I uh, have any better answer than I ever have, really. But nonetheless. Um, the question exactly is, uh, is it an expression of duality, right? To call it benefaction is an expression of duality. And then the coda for that is, is that, is that dharma? Is it dharma? Is that dharma to say the formless field is one way? Uh, Okay, here's what I'm thinking today. I think we're talking about the relative and the absolute to some extent here. 
maybe a large extent. And uh, in the relative world, I see the benevolence in you. <laughs> and we live in both the relative and the absolute. And because I see the, it, the relative in you, that transfers for me. And I see it in me and I see it in everything, a lot of things. And so for me, that transfers to the absolute, to a, a field, a field of benefaction. So that's that's how I see it today. But let's continue this discussion. <laughs> now, Jim, are you better when you perfect the six perfections? Say it again, please. Are you better when you, and if not, why do you do it? Am I better? When you perfect the six perfections. When I perfect, am I better when I perfect the six perfections? And if not, and if not, why do we do it? Why do we do it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first, am I better when I perfect? the six perfections. I would say, I'm not sure it's a matter of better or worse. I think it's a matter of being a little more attuned. And so I would say that if I'm a, more attuned to the people around me and what's going on and with me and with everything more attuned, then I'm more likely not to cause a problem and more likely to be, you know, a helpful influence in the world. So in that sense, better. And so, I think you just answered Did the Did I answer the whole thing? Okay. So my questions about fatherhood and the Dharma. Um, I feel transported to this place of like a very beautiful non-attachment sometimes when we're reading the Heart Sutra and even the case that you offered, there's just kind of like a light touch somehow. And then fatherhood and being a dad um, reveals so much attachment. And so it's, and it's like a, the ability to have to have my heart broken is increased. The ability, like the money, is a bigger issue. Like every, I feel like trapped, like in so many ways, by sort of the the relative world. So, as a dad who's been down the path, I'm just wondering about how you, how just how you hold being a dad, the Dharma, and all that all that comes with it. I feel like um, being a dad and seeing your child born is a real gateway into attachment, like, like I've never felt before, and I still feel. And I'm in this phase of letting our daughter go and come back, and it's it's heart wrenching. It's heart wrenching. And I think that's the gateway into something deeper. Letting your heart be wrenched. Letting your heart be wrenched. <laughs> these, these babies, they take your heart and they wrench them for us, whether we want them to or not. And I struggle with them. I remember one teaching story, like the Buddha saying, calling his son Rahula, obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> Like I know it's, it's just I get all confused because I know it's enlightening and connecting and feels like an obstacle to something. So, 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering about that. Just kind of how I sit with the word obstacle and being kind of like here and caring and everything's a big deal. I can't just, you know, hold the world lightly somehow like I used to. Yeah, it's a lot more difficult now. What does your son's name mean? Merciful. <laughs> Merciful ocean. Merciful ocean. It means about that. Darn it. As Joel mentioned, and as everybody can see, you do so much for so many. So I can hear you. You do so much for so many people, in, in especially in our community. And I'm wondering how you you also seem to always keep yourself in the equation. And I I've known you for a little while now, <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen you really be able to do this. Um, I'm wondering how you do it. What, what's your internal mm -hmm. orientation? Um, it's, uh, it's been a real part of my practice. It's been an active part of my practice. And I think it came when I started saying to myself, beings are numberless, I vow to freedom, including myself, and not keeping myself outside of the equation because it was completely separate. And I, I feel like I've started to realize that when I free my suffering, I'm freeing the suffering. So I do try to keep myself part of the equation. had a big pandemic and among the many people who decided to move to be closer to loved ones was dear you and so and yet you have maintained connection from Virginia and are here with us now and have been here with us there <laughs> and so my question is, where is the Zendo? Mm -hmm. Good question. It was sort of part of the equation and why I moved, to tell you the truth. Um, let's see, how to say this? This is so much my home. I owe everything. I need I needed to leave home. And that didn't never separated me from you, because I totally feel part of this and I totally care about everybody here. But there was something about needing to leave home, and I can't exactly explain that. But it was really good for me to get a wider view. And uh, that's all I can say about that. But I really do appreciate the question because it has been a big question for me. John Eric, I've been studying the way and the history of our ancestors. And it is full of teachers who slap and yell and throw people off boats. <laughs> you do not do this. 
account for your rebelliousness. <laughs> you and I have struggled on the jujitsu mat a couple times, <laughs> so we're not without that. Um, I think there are many ways to wake people up. We can choose which one works best for us. <laughs> so, I'm so pleased with how you have embraced being head student and, and everything that you provided. And I would remember there was a time that you turned away from the potential offer. And for all the people that might be head students someday, I'm wondering what the shift was where you welcomed this opportunity or accepted it, let's say. <laughs> Well, there were some outer reasons. There were some uh, logistical reasons. I was in the, uh, when I was first offered the opportunity, I was in the middle of a move. And then the next time it came up as a possibility, there wasn't a way to do it um, uh, because by that time I was living elsewhere and there wasn't really a format for doing it online. So that's the outer circumstances. So I had, good excuses, you know, <laughs> um, but internally, uh, the first time I did, I, I, I also knew I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. And I know you give this little talk, you give this little talk about, uh, no, I'm not ready. No, I'm not ready. Well, I mean, I was so seriously not ready. <laughs> it just seemed like more than just something to say, you know, and, um, and then the second time I was terribly disappointed because I did feel I had maybe something to offer and uh, I felt blocked like I had something to, maybe a little something to offer but there was no way to offer it so I found other maybe this is the answer to your question I found other another pathway and just realized that uh, you can call it whatever you want I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it you know something like that and I guess in uh, maturing in that way and decide I'm just going to do it doesn't matter if I ever have a title for it or not something like that and, uh, so I don't know that was my pathway but I'm not sure it would be the same for other people Lately, my mind is awash with preferences and thoughts and gobbledygook. <laughs> How should I relate to all this whirling discursivity? Mm. <laughs> I relate to your discursivity. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's easy to say the obstacles are the path. Mm. I think working with that is can be very difficult in its own right. It's a, it's a subtle practice and it can't be tackled all at once, but maybe find one discursive thought or two that feel easy to start to practice with. Are there any council members that would like to ask questions? <clears throat> Ellen, yeah. what is the wholehearted way? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what is the wholehearted way? 
Well, first of all, you have to, the heart has to be open to be wholehearted. So I would say I would say approaching everyone and everything with an open heart, but that's sound that's easy to say. So it's a matter of how do you do that and how do you maintain it. And so all I could say is sitting, a lot of sitting for one thing. <laughs> and um, getting it that we're all connected. And as we get it, that we're all really so intimately connected. Well, for one thing, that's just heart opening in itself. And then, and then you just kind of can't help it. Now, that's not that I do that all the time, but that's sort of how I see the process. Thank you for the question. Rosemary. Rosemary. Um, hi, Ellen. Uh, Ellen, um, when you are struggling, what aspect of your, of your practice do you turn to? Okay, Rosemary, the question is when I'm struggling, what aspect of practice do I turn to, right? Okay. Yes. Don't know. I, I think I turned in some way I turned to basic sanity and I don't know exactly what that has to do with practice, but it does come from practice, I think, that basic sanity. Uh, in that when I'm struggling with something, there's some idea that this is just a momentary thing. And also I'd have to say the Sangha so much helps me. And, us, uh, and especially you guys online, we interact so much. Uh, you've helped me through uh, so many delusions. <laughs> and um, so I guess that's what I would say. Thank you for the question. Thank you, Ellen. I guess that's everyone. It's in your hand. Okay. Oh, and now the verse. <laughs> Through the support of the teachers and all of you. Through the support of the teachers and all of you. I have been, I have been, I have been the head student. I'm deeply grateful. I'm deeply grateful for all of your help. Please forgive my mistakes. They fill heaven and earth, leaving no place to hide. Friends. Friends. It's my actions. If my actions and words have misled you, please wash your ears in the present. In the in the and please wash your ears in the present and please continue your practice. I will keep on trying. I wholeheartedly avow my limitations. I whole I wholeheartedly avow my limitations. But I will keep on trying. I will practice diligently. Thank you very much. Through the support of the teachers and all of you, I've been head student. 
I am deeply grateful for your help, but I have not been worthy of it. Please forgive me of my mistakes. They fill heaven and earth, leaving me no place to hide. Friends, if I have misled you with my actions or my words, please wash your ears in the pure sound of the present and continue your practice. I deeply avow my limitations, but I will continue. I will practice more diligently. Thank you very much. Well, on behalf of the Sangha, I want to express our gratitude and appreciation for the way you have been such great ambassadors of the Dharma and serve both our online community and our in-person community. And it's very moving to me uh, that we're all together here again to celebrate in this way. It's, um, it means so much to me. So I'm so grateful for all that you've done, your teaching, your Dharma um, talks, uh, your one-on-one -on -one teas with students, and in this way, um, really shown the Sangha your maturity in practice and your capacities. So um, I'm tremendously grateful, and I appreciate so much the way that you've supported the Sangha in so many different ways, not just as head students, but in such a wide variety of ways. And um, and I think the song is so much richer for it, for it. Thank you so much. And I echo, of course, everything that Peg has said. Um, this is an important time in the life of the Sangha and in the world. And so to take on these roles so wholeheartedly as you have, both in person and online, echoes and reflects back the world that we live in now. And you are able to uh, do that in all the ways that Peg said, that supports the Sangha, that supports your own practice, and encourages other people, which is what the Dharma is, is meant to be, that encouragement. And returning myself here and meeting you in person, I could feel the sort of flood of goodness that you brought and how that's pervaded the entire Sangha. Thank you for your practice.
So now there's an opportunity for um, some of the members to offer congratulations for the head students. And you can offer those from your seat. Just stand up if you want to speak. And uh, that way the online folks can hear a little better. And, and uh, if you're online, just raise your hand if you'd like to say something. I just want to say thank you so much for your practice and keeping the Dharma plan alive. Alan, generic. Oh, congratulations. It's been great to have you here in the Zendo and you online. It's just been delightful to see you. And Alan, I've been so astonished, but I don't know why I'm astonished, impressed with how much you've grown over time and, and the way you've been doing your Dhamma talks have just been absolutely mm -hmm. wonderful. And John Eric, you, your presence here is just wonderful, such an even, even Kale, it makes a big difference here. Everything's calm. So I appreciate you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. and John Eric, it has just been so invigorating to the Sangha having you as head students. Um, it's just made things lighter and um, more lively. And uh, you've really done us all a great service by serving us in this way. Really appreciate it. We have Rosemary online. Rosemary. Uh, yes, um, uh, Ellen, uh, just it's been wonderful having you as head student. Of course, we connect every Wednesday in Sazen and Share. Um, and I just learn so much from you uh, every time we have our meetings. Um, and thank you for your encouragement of me. Uh, John Eric, um, it's been lovely having you. Um, uh, be the facilitator at our, our uh, daily Sazen and coming and sitting with with the online group afterwards just to check in with us, giving us little Dharma prompts to uh, kind of guide our, our talks. And so thank you so much for that, too. It's been lovely. Congratulations, both of you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Oh, Ellen and John Eric, I can't believe it's been almost five years now since I met you. I'm almost at my five-year point of having um, come to Apamata. And in all of that time, you have modeled the Dharma through the way you live, through the way you respond to things, through the way you interact and share. I love your heart. Thank you for showing the Buddha heart every time we've interacted and thank you for your teachings because you've done it without words and with words but it's really impactful when you do it through your actions and the lives you live so thank you for that gift Bridget? there we go Hello, I want to express gratitude, deep gratitude to Ellen and to John Eric. It's been a delightful to hear your Dharma talks and to be in your presence. And my fondest memory was getting to know Ellen a little bit better when we did the walk together after the Florida um, school shootings and then getting to know John Eric through attending this a class he's giving on a bit better on the um, introduction to Zen because I felt like I've missed some of the fundamentals, but I'm so grateful for your presence and your service to our community and I wish you all the best in your future um, practice and your presence in our community with a deep bow. <laughs> Lynn? 
Hi, I just wanted to tell Ellen and John Eric, thank you so much for the practice session. Um, it was so great getting to know you better, and especially morning Zazen. I don't know how you timed it so perfectly. Ellen was in Virginia, walking around her altar there and bowing at the same time John Eric was in Austin. It was just, it was so deeply moving to watch. Deep gratitude. Oh, your spiritual friendship, both of you, has just meant so much. And I keep thinking about when Ananda said to Buddha, so spiritual friendship is 50%. And Buddha said, no, no, it's 100%. And, and wow, it has been. Thank you. George? Thank you. Um, I just am so moved by the ceremony and by by uh, what uh, John Eric and, and Ellen have brought to the community. And I'm just thinking about the idea that Peg and Flint had, that this is this is going to evolve into a lay-led sangha. And that means that each of us must be willing to do what we can to help the sangha. And you have you have done that thing. You're even though it's like a, a mosquito biting an iron bull, you're willing to take step forward and hold that staff. And all of us are called to do what we can. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to you both for stepping forward to take these roles and to offer your beautiful teachings. Thank you. You know, when I experienced being head student, it was hard to believe I was ready to do that and had anything to offer. And I think that's one of the things that I am most grateful for is knowing that you both, we all are unique. And what you have to offer, the gifts you have to give everyone are the are what no one else can give. And if you hadn't given them, we'd be poor. So thank you for being willing to share yourselves. We offer the merit of this ceremony for the welfare of all beings everywhere. May all be relieved of suffering, free from fear, longing, aversion, and ignorance. And may we, together with all beings, realize the awakened way. What is up about? I vow to freedom. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to embody it. Beings are numberless. We vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible. We vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. We vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. We vow to embody it. Beings are numberless. This vow frees them all. Delusions are inexhaustible. This vow ends them all. Dharma gates are boundless. This vow enters them all. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. This vow embodies it.